Hello everybody and welcome to the Clueless Cast. I'm Bugs, I'm joined by Zach. We're completely clueless, but we're going to talk about stuff anyways. Today we're going to basically have an entire Moto Madness themed episode. We're going to primarily be talking about the recently announced Ford Bronco. We're also going to take some of your listener submitted questions and go from there. If you haven't already, subscribed on your platform of choice. All the places you can listen are available on cluelesscast.com and our social media is there too, where you can leave feedback and send us more topics to talk about in the future. Yeah, and I think both me and Bugs really appreciate all of the feedback you've given us so far. Um, We've had a lot of great feedback. We've had a lot of people loving the podcast so far. I think the last time I looked, you know, we were like 4.9 or 5 on Apple Podcasts. That also really helps us out if you can review us where you can leave reviews. Um, I think that's about it. I mean, I think, you know, I'm happy that you guys are listening to it and enjoying it. I know this one's going to be a little bit more specific, so we might not hit something that you're super interested in. Um, but I feel like for the most part, we're going to have uh, throughout the recording of this, we're going to talk about different topics. Uh, we're going to hit different stuff each episode. And then we might have more of like the one we did in the first one where we went through and talked through different things. You know, we kind of hit, you know, five or six different things. We're going to definitely do a lot more episodes in the future. So some episodes are going to be kind of solely based off of one thing. Like a good example, this episode is going to be heavily Bronco focused just because it was, you know, recently revealed right after we did the podcast. We talked a little bit about last time. So we kind of want to get into it more. A lot of the uh, requests that we got... Uh, to talk about subjects were about the Bronco. So we decided, why don't we spend a pretty good portion of that talking about, you know, what we like and what you guys said, said about it. And then in future episodes, we'll definitely, you know, have variety and we might do one-off episodes here and there about some very specific topics. But yeah, we just wanted to get into kind of the new Bronco stuff. Uh, since like I said, it was, it was announced the day after we released the, uh, actually the day of, right? It was Monday uh, that, it was that the podcast next, went out. Yeah, so I guess the, the podcast kind of came out on Sunday slash that Monday. So yeah, it literally announced that night. Um, And they did, exa- I mean, I'm not saying I called everything, but they did almost identical to what I thought they were going to do, as well as what yep. like a lot of the, Im- the rumors and the images lined up with, which was we got a small one, which is based on kind of the, ex- um, not Explorer, sorry, the Escape kind of platform which is the sport. And then we got a two door and four door full size that are very similar in size from what we can gather to like Wranglers, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's uh, I'm really glad that I, I I'm, I'm happy with the way they did it. Like I said, last mm-hmm. time I was concerned about the, the styling of it because I said it could end up being like Ford's FJ cruiser. Right. Uh, and I don't think that at all. When I see the front end of it, even with the different grill options, personally, I'm not a huge fan of the sport version for me. When I say that I'm, I like the way it looks, I'm more talking about the two door and four door full size Broncos, the sport. I, I'm not too particular about that though. It looks good for what it is. And what I mean by that is I think again, I, I think it's punching above its class. I think it looks for its price point. I think it looks Range Rover esque. And yeah, I think that's going to sell people on it that can't afford the full size. Um, hundred percent. And I think it's really going to completely kill the Jeep Renegade at its price point well, and in the, with the looks. 
that's another thing is it's in that class of like the Jeep Renegade mm-hmm. and it, it has the styling of like an upper class like uh, Range Rover, which I think is great. And it's going to be nice because it's going to limit the amount of Jeep Renegades you see on the road and probably even Explorers. I think a lot of people looking for SUVs might jump off of the Explorer platform and go towards the Bronco Sport, which in my opinion... I mean, I like the Explorer, but I would definitely like to see some some Bronco Sports yeah, on the road. It, definitely it, more than Jeep Renegades. And it gets people in that nameplate. So it gets people associated, yeah. right? Like the Renegade is the cheap Jeep that gets people into Jeeps um, at, a, yes. at, a, at a reduced cost and, uh, and everything. I think that the Bronco Sport could be exactly that for Ford because it, it's obvious that they're putting a lot behind the nameplate of Bronco um, or else they wouldn't have released these two different ones. You know what I mean? So I think, right. yeah, but I a hundred percent agree with you. The full size Bronco. Um, I think there's somebody that sent in to us that it looks too much like, like a Wrangler to them. I, I see that on the side profile, but as a whole, I really think that it harkens back to the Wrangler and we must not forget that the original Willys quote unquote, the Willys for the military, the first ones were made by Ford <laughs> and then yeah. they were, both made at at the same time by Ford and Jeep and um, Ford won the, I think the either trademark or patent back in the day. Like, you know, we're talking back in the same time they were making them for the military, like Ford won technically the patent to that style overall. So uh, if anything, uh, you know, it's a technicality, but Ford, Ford's been making Jeeps longer than Jeep. Well, yeah. Well, also, you know, there's 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 a lot of cars that look very similar mm-hmm. in terms of like the kind of general body style. But that's what the competition is, because if they made the Bronco, you know, if you think about the old Bronco, it was more of a squared off vehicle, kind of like the newer one is. And Jeeps have always been squared off. So it's just kind of like in that same competition space of having, you know, that that kind of SUV type squared off body right and same with know. chevy and ford trucks back in the day were both square body yeah. exactly so some of the new options that they allow people to pick up on the bronco so like we said they have the sport the two-door and the four-door so the engine options that they're going to have is they're going to have a 2.3 liter EcoBoost, which will be kind of the base motor which you can get that in a seven speed manual with a uh, one of the gears being a crawler gear, yeah, um, or you can get it in a ten-speed automatic, and then you can upgrade the engine. I think it depends on which base model you pick, though. Um, to the two-point-seven liter twin turbo, yeah, and that is only offered in the ten-speed automatic. Unfortunately, yeah, I would have liked to see the two-point-seven liter twin turbo in a manual, just 100%. because. I, I think it might That's what I like. I, I don't know if it's a packaging problem or I don't know if it's a um the amount of power that it's putting out and and what that seven speed is able to take. I don't know the reasoning behind it, but that two point seven liter is going to produce proje- projected to produce three hundred ten horsepower and four hundred foot pounds of torque out of a two point seven liter twin turbo. It's crazy. So we'll see. You know, I, I think it could come down the road. Um, maybe if they, they learn some things about the seven speed, um, or maybe they just think it could, it could not even be packaging or anything. It could just be pricing. You know, they are 
literally they might have market tested or, or or tried to figure out the market. I mean, they're forward. They know the market to an extent, but they might go, uh, the only people that are really going to be stepping into this option, they are paying for the power, like for the power plant and they don't, they wouldn't want to get the manual kind of thing. I'm not sure. Right. Well, also, I mean, let's be honest in, in the, in the past five, 10 years, manuals are going away yeah the fact that they even offered a manual in the 2.3 liter is awesome it's great to see that they're still making a manual because honestly a lot of other car manufacturers out there like bmw has completely gotten rid of the manual in their m series cars like they're no no longer offering manual so manual is going away so it's nice to see that ford was still going to offer it it would have been nice to be able to get a manual on the 2.7 but I mean, I don't think that's going to be a deal breaker for anybody. I think the majority of the market out there doesn't really care. And I think most people are just going to go with the 10 speed anyway. I want to say on C7, Corvette C7, I want to say it was something like, I could get this number wrong. I want to say it was something like 3% sold were were manuals, meaning it had such a low demand. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the c8 corvette doesn't have a stick yeah again well there's a statistic but there's a statistic that said in 2019 two percent of all vehicles sold in the u.s were manual two percent yeah that's it so the manual's going away very very unfortunately considering i own two manuals i'm in the same boat (laughs) Everything I've like, got is I, manual. <laughs> yeah. Every, if I can get it in manual, I'm getting it in manual. Right. So it's just, it sucks to see that, it, that that's going away. But I mean, honestly, I totally get why the yeah. technology in automatic transmission nowadays are unmatched. They shift quicker than anybody can ever shift with a manual. They're, they're fast and they're smooth. I, I get why they're going away. It's just, it sucks because it's just the history the history of automotive is changing. Yeah. We're, we're, we're transitioning away from the old school method into the new school method, which is cool technology wise, but as a car lover and somebody that likes, you know, mechanical things, seeing the manual transmission go, it's sad, but I get it. Yeah. I think, I think some of it has to do with exactly what you said. Well, one, people aren't buying it Two, Uh, it's another thing you have to make, right? You know, if, if yep. people aren't already aren't buying it, why build it? You know, yeah. uh, it can't why put the R and D in it. Yeah. It can't be the other way around where you build it and expect people to buy it. I mean, you can only have certain models, maybe like the Miata and, and some of these other cars that that is really probably where a majority of them are bought manual. You know what I mean? Like probably more right. than ha- I would, I would bet, but I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would bet more than half of the new Miata sold are manual. Um, it's that'd be interesting to find out. It's one of those cars that I feel like would have that, but um, I wonder if there's statistics. I don't know. I'm gonna look at their statistics. Um, so while you're looking that up, some of the new tech that they've added to the new Bronco. Well, the first thing is the removable doors and roof. So Ford mounted the side view mirrors not on the doors they mounted it on kind of the a pillar sort of like where the hood yeah kind of top of the bot top of the fender as close as they could to where it would originally mount but that way when you remove your doors 
you still have your mirrors, yeah. which was a big issue that Jeep had for a very long time. Super smart. Also, the fact that uh, the four doors don't have a top bezel for the for the glass. So when the glass is rolled down, you remove the door. It is one small square. It doesn't have a gap where the window huge. is. I think it's a huge change in, 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 in putting those doors away. Huge 100%. change. Storage. Mm-hmm. You, you, you cut off a good two feet, you know, a foot or two of space yep. that's just taken up by a, by a little frame. You know, and, and the fact of if you had a Jeep and you removed your doors, you know, you lost your mirrors. So you would have to go to the aftermarket world to find some sort of aftermarket mirror attachment to make your vehicle, you know, technically street legal. Um, and there was some some counter arguments to that. A lot of people said, yeah, but the good thing about Jeep is if you remove your doors, more than likely you're probably out somewhere off roading on a trail or something. And it's nice to, you know, be able to narrow your car a little bit because you don't have your mirror sticking out. That is a good argument. But also at the same time, I have a feeling that, I mean, these mirrors are probably going to be able to fold in. Well, these will definitely, these definitely will fold in and they look like if you fold them in, they match the fender flares. Exactly. I don't think it's going to be that much of an issue. No. I think if you can't get through because your mirrors are too big, then more than likely you're not going to get through because your fender flares are too big yep. also, or your, your tires stick out too much. Where so your tires are I literally at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that much of an issue like people thought. Um, I think it's a really cool design that they did that. And uh, for me, I really like the way they did the the roof disassembly. Yep. The fact that the roof can be disassembled in kind of segments, I think is really, really cool. You can pretty much make your Bronco kind of like, uh, I don't want to say a T-top, but kind of like a, a target top where you would you could pull... The center section off, you can leave the rear on. So just over the driver and passenger, you can have light come in uh, or all the passengers, you can have light come in, but you can still have your kind of trunk cargo area covered, which is really cool. It's nice to see that kind of modular uh, system. The only thing I'm wondering is, is there going to be any sort of storage so inside the vehicle it, to mount this stuff down. It's funny you say that. There were, and I, I don't know if there's any con- anything confirmed after the launch of this or anything. Anybody's seen anything on the ones that are out and about that are driving around because there are people seeing a ton of these driving around now. Of course, makes right. sense. They were revealed. So these tester units are out and about from employees driving them and and testing them out and, and getting some real world testing in uh, that they wouldn't have otherwise been able to get without people spotting them. Um, I'm pretty sure that there will be some type of in the rear storage, um, almost like a storage tray. If not, that's a perfect spot for aftermarket to come in and build something that's that's basically on the rear. But there were there were even uh, I want to say patents that were showing a rear sliding tray where you could mount doors or top pieces. So, and that was like a Ford patent. So I think that 100 percent points to Ford trying to do it. And if they don't do it, it's 100 percent going to come from the aftermarket. Um, in my opinion, the, so it's funny. So in regards to the Miata, this was in 2018. Um, the Miata was sold. 76% of them were sold with manuals. Wow. 24% with automatic. Yep. That honestly surprises me. Good on you, Miata owners. Yeah. I think it's the target. I think it's, you know, who they're targeting. It kind of makes sense that people would be buying, buying a manual option. Um, and I think in the Miata automatic costs more. If, 
I'm I think so. Not I'm pretty sure it does. Which good. <laughs> it's yeah. Good. I mean, don't 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 make it more difficult to get into a manual. You know what I mean? It should, exactly. It should yeah. be the same, if not less. Uh, if you didn't have to do any research or development to make it another option, it should be the same, if not less. Yeah. So Jeep owners are so sorry. Back to back to the Bronco. Jeep owners aren't going to like me saying this, but I'm. I I think I said it last podcast, and I still stand by it. Ford went down the Jeep checklist and they then went and here's some better things. So they went and they matched everything basically that the Wrangler offers and they went, let's do a couple things better. Like the mirror thing, like the doors door, right? There's videos already of door disassembly and, and and rooftop disassembly and all this other stuff and man for not even a final production vehicle yet i mean these are probably near final but they're not being you know mass produced yet it looked very good it, in a lot of ways it looked easier um than the wrangler equivalent and don't get me wrong i know that the one checkbox that ford can't just magically have happen is the aftermarket because you got to think about the aftermarket support that's there for every Wrangler of every generation that's ever existed. And then even these newer ones. But I think that's one of the things where if these sell really well in the first couple of years, which I think they will, this aftermarket is going to come right along with it. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. The aftermarket world is probably itching to get their hands on the Bronco to start making stuff. I know, uh, there's a company out there called Mountoon, which is where yep. I buy all my focus parts. Um, and they are, they've said they're excited to start doing some aftermarket stuff for the Bronco. So uh, that's something we can get into a little bit later too, because I, I think both of us kind of want to go over what we would do if we decided to buy yeah. the Bronco and kind of what packages we would go with. Um, and for me, the aftermarket world plays a big part into that. But to kind of, We'll we'll get back to that, but for now, uh, some of the cool tech that is in the new Bronco. I, I know you probably know a little bit more about this than I do, um, but the touchscreen display in the center is a how big is it? Do you remember? Is it like seven point six inches or something? This like might that? be the seven point three or seven point six. You might be right. Um, trying to see here if I had the actual number. I don't know the exact size. Yeah, I'm not sure of the exact size either, but the tech inside the Bronco actually seems really, really nice. Like the screen in the center is nice oh, and holy big. Crap. Eight or twelve inch. Wow. Oh, okay. Crazy. That's quite a a twelve inch screen. That's probably one of the. It's probably one of the bigger screens that you can get into besides like a Tesla or or like a Ram. Like a Ram 5500. Right, yeah, it's yeah. got the tall. Or yeah, the new the new F-152. They they kind of copied the Ram. They have the new giant like 13 inch or something like that. So yeah, so now we're gonna talk a little bit about if uh we were to purchase a Bronco, which package Bronco we were wanting to get, and uh kind of what would you do with it? Like what 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 package would appeal to you the most? I, I mean, I already know my answer. I don't know if you have, if you have one specked out, Zach. I, me personally, I would go, this would, I don't know if it would surprise anybody, but right, like if I were to buy a Jeep, two door, 
base. Um, I would go with the two door. Yeah. I would go with this. Mm. I just, I think it kind of looks wonky. I think it's one of those things though, where when you see it in real life and you have the shorter wheelbase and everything, I know that it would make it less livable. Right. And right. But I, there's something classic to me about a two door, anything meaning like same yeah. with the old Broncos and same with Jeeps and yep. there's something about a two door to me. And then I would go with the seven speed. Of course, like I said, it, yeah. they're, they're creating a manual. I would have, I would like have to support the manual option. I know it would get me the lesser powered engine, but I think the lesser power engine is probably going to be still very good. Uh, more fuel efficient yeah. overall, probably. And, and the reason I say base too, I mean, maybe I would get base and see if I could get the 12 inch screen. Um, but I think the less things to break and then the less you care about it. And what I mean by that is <laughs> I want, I would, I would be buying this to take it off road. I would be buying this exactly. to not care that it has the paint perfect all the time. And then it's a, you know, we're going to see if this Bronco is successful. We are going to see mall crawlers a hundred percent. Oh yeah. And, and I know there, there are people that are against that same with their people that are against that for jeeps but you know what if we do see a bunch of these in a uh drive-through line at starbucks it will have meant that the bronco is successful as much as people yeah. don't want to be like uh, it would have meant that they're successful meaning they're selling them to regardless of who you are you like the overall aesthetic look and you like the qualities of it and you're gonna buy it even if it never touches dirt um but yeah i would i would buy base and then maybe change rims down the road or you know right. i would watch the aftermarket scene pretty very heavily um exactly yeah and and make it that's, exactly that's, how i want it to be exactly yeah that's that's practically what i would do is i would do the 2.3 liter with the seven speed manual of course but i would do the four door instead of the two door i don't really have a reason for four doors it's not like i drive many people around I just, this is one of those, I just, there's something about the way it yeah, looks. This like, is one of those rare I like cases. The, two door. the four door looks really good. I, I, I'm not picking the two door solely because I think that the four door is this monstrosity and looks bad in any way. The four door looks very, very good. It doesn't look out of place. It doesn't look like they just extended it and put another two doors. It looks right. I, yeah. it's a, it's a personal thing. It's a, I think the two door and the shorter wheelbase is just my, more my cup of tea. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I like the way the two door looks. I would, I personally would get the four door, but I would go with either the base or the one up, which is the big Ben, whichever yeah. one I could get to get, like you were saying, the 12 inch screen and a little bit of creature comforts. I'm not looking for, you know, the Sasquatch package with <laughs> what every single option. What a name. I know. I, by the way, I kind of like it. I like, I like that, that it's are called yeah. something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's, it makes it cool. Like, what do you have? I got the Sasquatch package. It's like, that's just awesome. But I would probably go with something like, yeah, the base or the big Ben or whatever I can get to get the bigger screen and the little tiny bit of creature comforts in there. Nothing to overdo it. Nothing to make the price go crazy. And then I'll do the same thing that you were talking about. Just watch the aftermarket world because you know people are going to make suspension packages yep. and wheels and tires and bumpers and lights and racks. And it's just the aftermarket is what's going to make the Bronco your Bronco instead of just a Bronco. And right. 
yeah, I like the way that Ford's doing it. They're offering a lot of different packages. They're really trying to get people to be like, hey, if you don't want to deal with the aftermarket world, we have plenty of choices that you can choose from to get everything that you want. For me, I would rather do it in steps and I would rather, you know, customize it and make it my own and spend the time to kind of go through and pick out like specific parts that I would want. I would just want the stuff that would be very, very difficult to change, like going from a small screen to a big screen. Right. Um, yeah. Stuff like oh, that. 100%. And I think, you know, it's clear that this, this model will likely work for them. It's worked for Jeep in the past where, a good example, they probably do sell uh, majority bases, but they have people that are all, at all different steps, meaning people that are going to drive it more for just the look. There's going to be people that buy the base and do everything themselves. Um, they are kind of yeah. covering all of their bases, and I think that's good. I mean, a good example, though, I think we're going to see a crap ton of these first editions on the road because they sold out of them. Yes. No surprise. But then they <laughs> doubled the amount that they were making and sold out of all those reservations. Um, so I think the original was like 7,000, and they doubled that, if I'm not mistaken. So I think, but it's good. I, I think with the the grill variety, the tire variety, a couple, you know, other different things that are going to come on these from the factory, I think we're going to see a lot of variety even from the factory. And I I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the more uh, it worked for Mini back in the day when Mini came to the States uh, under BMW, like it worked for Mini. They sold them with all different types of grills, specifically. paint jobs and and roofs um i think that's good i i want to see more creativity on the road we we get this we just see so many white and silver sedans anymore right or suvs like like every high hyundai suv that i see that's white or silver and is a base package or whatever they're you know se or medium trim and it just it's so boring i want to see unique colors fca does a lot of unique colors with jeeps and and what have you so I'm glad to see doesn't look like there's a crazy amount of standout colors, but you know, there is yellow and reds and, and some different blues and stuff. I, I'm just excited to see more unique stuff on the road. And because people will customize these, we will see a lot of unique Broncos on the road. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. I think if I were to uh, get myself a Bronco, I'd probably honestly pick up a Bronco in that cyber orange. Oh yeah, I'm a, looks I'm a so big fan good. of that orange. There's something about it. Yeah, it just looks. It's real nice. Yeah, it looks. It, yeah, it looks. It looks really good. Um, I really it stands out. Yeah, I, like you were just saying, in, in terms of a world where we live in a lot of gray, white, black, kind of bland colors. You know, for me, I'm a. I like bright colored cars, hence why I have a blue <laughs> RS. Like it's, it stands out amongst the crowd of the sea of gray. So, yeah, just to see them offering things like, you know, blues and reds and oranges, you know, it's 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 a nice change of pace. We definitely need m- m- better colored cars on the road. Yeah. And and there's so much boring that uh, that to break up the monotony and to see anything different is going to be exciting. I think that's what's exciting about this launch uh and to see a direct competitor Wrangler because I th- I think we're going to see these on the trail. I think we're going to see them in our regular day to day. Um, I'm, I'm very hopeful that, and, and, and the people that are into Jeeps 
should be hopeful that this is successful too, because it brings more competition to Jeep store step. And it means that they will look inwards and advance on stuff that they've let go. I mean, yeah. the day that this got announced, um, Jeep was like, Oh, we're going to put a Hemi in it. And it's like, why wait until, Oh, well, okay. never mind. It makes sense. They did it on the same day that the Bronco launched. They wanted the attention and they wanted yep. to go, well, we can, we're still a thing. We can do. Other, yeah. But you, that sh- it shouldn't have taken them uh, Ford to launch a Bronco to look inward. And, and I know that it's one of those things where you don't want to touch the recipe too much because it's been successful for so long, but you've got to do some stuff to modernize and you've got to take some liberties and you got to update the looks in some ways. And they have, I'm not saying they haven't done that at all, but uh, I think that this will bring, but there hasn't been a, a groundbreaking Jeep update in a long time. Right. So it and and like we were saying last time, you know, competition is good. Yes, and it's it it, kind of go off on a slight, yeah, for a slight tangent. Like it's the same thing with you know Sony and and Microsoft with the the PlayStation Five and the the Xbox Series X. Competition's good. You know, when when a company has another company that's directly competing against them in a certain market, it just it makes improvements happen. So if anything, if you know you're a Jeep owner and you despise the Bronco, just be happy that Jeep's now going to look at it and go, all right, we got competition. What, what can we do? What do we need How to can change we make this better? to make us? Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I think that goes the same with what I was saying about the Renegade. Um, you know, a small Bronco will likely very much so eat into that market. I'm hopeful it does. I'm hopeful the Renegade gets an overhaul. Uh, and... I hope they look inwards and reevaluate what they're doing with the Renegade. Um, you know, it's funny speaking about nameplate. I mean, they brought Renegade back for that, and Renegade was a Wrangler package right. at one point. Um, I think this was was the you know perfect thing to talk about reviving brand names from the past because this is a great example of what I think is a successful brand name revival. They brought back Bronco, something that <laughs> hasn't been around for a very long time and yeah. they did it justice in my opinion and in a lot of people's opinions with you what do you think about the bronco nameplate and do you think that it, this was a success, successful brand I, reawakening i do i do because it's it it's kind of a love-hate relationship with with manufacturers and model names because there's a lot of companies out there that obviously they have a big following for a certain model name. And uh, there's kind of a lore, especially with like the Bronco being gone for so long. Like, you know, it, it kind of became its own iconic thing. So it's very easy to mess that up and, and to make a bad product where people are like, yeah, this isn't what a Bronco should be. But I think Ford did a really good thing where it, if you were to imagine, what a modern Bronco would look like based off of the last generation, the most, the previous generation before this Bronco. I think they, it looks great. I think they did everything that they needed to do. Very retro modern. That doesn't modern. always happen. You, yeah, exactly. It, 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 there's, there's styling cues that bring it back to that, that previous generation, which I think is great. But then they, they did the 2020 version of it. Yep. You know, they improved upon it and made it newer and, and just modern. And I like it. 
that doesn't always work with a lot of manufacturers out there. Uh, there's, there's definitely, I mean, Ford, for example, I mean, we're already talking about <laughs> Ford, but we can talk about, you know, the Mustang Mach E. Yeah. Uh, that is a great example of how things don't work because you know what the Mustang has never been an SUV. Yeah. And you know what it shouldn't be? An, S- an SUV. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is where the marketing, marketing versus the actual thing, right? So Maki is a prime example of that where I think, I think that's a great example of what would have been a better name. Just Maki. It yeah. harkens to a performance name and, and to the Mustang, but it's not directly it. It's the same with, I think you've said it, the Corvette in this mid-engine car like i know that people are probably fine with that name and are okay with it being called a corvette but i personally and there were and there were were rumors earlier on on that it was just going to be called stingray i think that would have been a great example of doing that to that too where you like just name it a different thing and it calls back to and you know what it looks like a stingray (laughs) not not an old stingray but it looks like a actual like stingray it looks super right. unique and, and stand outish and also i think the the name stingray i think has a little bit more of an appeal to it especially with the way the car looks i think stingray would have fit the new c8 perfectly yeah i think it, it would have looked great and for me personally as someone that you know i i would love a c7 corvette i think they look amazing uh i just it, it kind of transitions to a point where kind of like the Mustang, you know, like the Camaro, like all these modern muscle cars that have history that date back to the 60s and, and previous, it, it kind of becomes a point where you fall into like a tradition sort of thing. Yeah. Where with the Corvette, I understand that, you know, when, when they made the C8 and they made it mid-engine, you know, the original designer originally wanted to make it mid-engine but they didn't do it and i I understand all that the history of it and i get it and i've heard chevy's thing about how they've they kind of hit a wall with the c7 where they couldn't really improve upon it without doing a chassis upgrade all that makes total sense the thing that i don't like is the fact that since the birth of the corvette it's been a front engine rear wheel drive car and that's how it's been and it's been like that for 50 years, you know, so to change it so dramatically, I get you hit a wall and I get there's, it's time for a redesign and it, there, you need to redo the whole thing. I just, I don't agree with slapping the Corvette name on something so that people will buy it because it has the Corvette name on it. Right, right. Like in my opinion, it's like if I was them, I would have said, hey, you know what? The Corvette's going to stop at the C7. We're going to make technically like the c8 you know if they want to continue with that that sub name but the stingray i mean that just sounds so much better and that way you you don't mess with the history of the corvette name that it's stapled same with the mustang the mustang has been the same thing front engine rear wheel drive you know i mean a lot of people threw fits when they did a four-cylinder eco boost but it was still kind of the same concept, front engine, rear wheel drive. Now it's a SU- electric SUV. Like, where where did that come from? I mean, it came from exactly where we're talking. It came from the marketing department. Yeah, they were just like, oh, we want to make an SUV. Um, 
Yeah, let's just slap the Mustang name on it. People yeah, like Mustangs. It's, it's, I'm sure they'll like that. No, right. we don't like it. I think they'll get away with it when the F-150 becomes electrified because I think it'll be what it'll be like right. F-150E or something. I think, and then right. it's not, you want to talk about not changing a thing completely, dude, the thing will have just so much torque. Like, I know that there's probably oh, yeah. going to be a problem with its range, like every electric vehicle and towing stuff, but the thing is going to have so much torque that people will be no doubt happy with, probably, I'm, I don't know this, but probably happy with, you know, they'll come out and be like, yeah, it's got 750 on the low end. <laughs> it's got 750 yeah. foot pounds of torque. and. You know, yeah. on the on the high on the on the super performance version, it's you know four wheeled or it's sorry, it's yeah, literally engines or um electric motors on each tire, and they all generate five hundred foot pounds of torque each. Yeah, it'll be something ridiculous. So the almost it'll almost make more sense. And yeah, I I hundred percent agree. You know, it's the same as you want to talk about bringing stuff back and having no relation to its predecessor Mitsubishi and the Eclipse Cross, which. In my opinion, sorry if anybody is listening to this with an Eclipse Cross. Sorry that you have that. But, and two, <laughs> yeah. it's a monstrosity right. that should not bear the Eclipse badge. Not that I even hold the Eclipse in this super high regard. I don't think the Eclipse was ever perfect. I think, though, it was cool. I think it was a good car for what it was. I think Mitsubishi made, you know, with their Talon, you know, crossover with the American, right. you know, all that's I, I think all that stuff was really cool and and it was a performance oriented car you know people bought them because of what they were and then they just go and eh, we're gonna bring this back and we're gonna apply it to this crossover thing no yeah bad bad mitsubishi bad yeah it's 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 a thing that's been happening the past couple years where these car manufacturers have been dusting off old names, bringing cars back. And like, sometimes they hit and sometimes they don't. I mean, Ford is a great example. They did, they made one that I, in my opinion is a great accomplishment. And then they made another, they're doing another one that I don't agree with, you know? So it's just, it's hit or miss. And I think the the eclipse cross is just terribly disgusting i I, re- I really don't like the styling of it i think the front looks like it's 10 years old yeah. and the rear looks like it's trying to be a prius knockoff very much so i just it's it's just this weird thing and and i just don't understand i mean i i get it they're they're trying to get people you know the headlines of like you know the the mustang mach e yeah you know, it gets people to click on it because they're like oh a new mustang and then they see it's an suv and some people might be interested, some might not be, but I, I get why they do it. I just don't like that they're making such dramatic changes to these cars that have been around for a very, very long time. And, you know, a, a good example is Dodge could have done the same thing when they brought the uh, Camaro and the Challenger back. You know, that could have been a the Camaro Challenger Charger. You know, that could have been a big thing where they did that wrong and and they did it right. I mean, and it turns out uh, yeah. that those now are super popular. Yeah, I would I would agree overall. I think they have they have though the problem of the charger doesn't look like a charger at all. Like an old oh, charger. 100% not. But that being said, if you want to talk about one of the most modern looking odes to its original, the Challenger looks Oh, yes. as close as you could probably get in a modern day and age to its original. So yes. it's really funny that one of them has a four door that's not at all, in my opinion, 
looks like the original charger and then you have the challenger right. look exactly well not exactly but as close as you could get with modern safety and all that stuff to yeah. the old one yeah it's it's interesting because yeah they they kind of did the same thing the, you know they made one that looked like it should have a new version of the old one and then they made one that was not a new version they're of the old one at all they're also still both muscle cars though too they didn't they didn't go and, and they, the here's a charger suv right or yeah here's a uh, mid-engine charger don't get any you know, it's like, don't get any ideas fca do not I do not make <laughs> please stop. a mid-engine uh durango stop with mid-engine. mid-engine durango compact it's <laughs> like what what like who who in the right mind <laughs> so i i'm very hopeful and the, they don't have a lancer right now right so i'm um, if anybody from mitsubishi listening to it which i bet you we have you know such a uh, we have such a wide audience already in episode right. two that i think we got somebody from mitsubishi here and um <laughs> yeah. i've got your idea an idea here for your marketing team bring back lancer uh but make it a truck no, don't do that. What do you think about that? <laughs> Please don't do that. I think I think it'll Please be, stop this. I think Lancer It's time to stop Evolution <laughs> Eleven Truck so, Oh man, you know how many Lancer owners would be furious. Yeah. Because I think it's a terrible idea. But uh Yeah, and <laughs> it's that's the thing is like it, it, you know, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. Ah, uh, yeah. As as terrible as that sounds. It would not surprise I'm still, me. Okay. Just c- considering what's been happening. I, like, if you look at all the other manufacturers, yeah. it's like, I could believe it. I still think, though, uh, and my timeline could be off, but I'm still, I still believe Mitsubishi will probably be gone in the American market in the next five years. Um, I know people probably. don't want to hear that because they have mirages or whatever, and they have stupid warranties on them. I think that's though usually a sign that somebody's about to exit when they do some crazy stuff like the Mirage has like a 10 year, hundred thousand mile, right. everything. Uh, and it's such a cheap car. I really think Mitsubishi's almost gone. And I think if Nissan and Nissan just re redesigned their logo when they're in probably the worst financial shape they've ever been in and they're in the worst market oh, shape yeah. they've ever been in and everything else going on right now, it's probably the worst time to redesign and, and re reimagine yourself. But I think Nissan uh, if at most, and uh, I think they've got ten years in the American market. I, I really do. Yeah, I, I, yeah. They they are just I could believe they're holding that. on to too much old stuff. They're in such a bad place with their upper management. They're exiting the um, commercial market. They never really did crazy well in the commercial market, but there's a couple. There's a couple things that just like. That writing's on the wall kind of stuff. I think that Mitsubishi is right. much shorter time frame, you know, Eclipse, Cross, uh, and and really cheap cars yeah. that that don't do well um, for the company. I think Nissan, unless they they really go back to their roots, you know, with that with Z cars or or something, I really think that they're 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 kind of in that at least yeah. the current trajectory. But, they could change, but I think they're in that on that path too. Yeah, but we could, it could just be the same thing that we're experiencing now with like, you know, the, the Mustang Mach-E and then the C8 Corvette is, they might bring a Z car back, but is it going to actually be what people want it to be? You know, that's, right. we'll see. I mean, I don't know, but all I know is these manufacturers better, they need to stop. 
<laughs> yeah. We need to. It's time to the, stop. There's heritage. It's time to stop. There's heritage that you're messing with, and I just, I don't know the the whole dusting off or rebranding of these these known model names. I just, it, it's a very slippery slope. And a good example, like I've said multiple times, even now, is Bronco. I think, in my opinion, did it. Other things, in my opinion, don't. So. Uh, but to kind of move on to some of the uh, audience-submitted questions uh, to kind of get back around to the Bronco, a lot of you wrote in a lot of stuff about the Bronco, so we want to kind of cover some of that and talk about it and answer some of your questions. So the first one we have is from Twitter. It's from Alistair Neclair. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. I'm terrible that's at gonna names. Be, that's going to happen so to both of us, so we can apologize yeah. every... Ter- yeah. Terribly sorry. <laughs> Uh, they say, hi, Zach and Bugs. Absolutely love the podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you. With that, with this being a totally new Bronco, it would be great to see an electric version, which would work well as electric cars suit a tall ride height. What do you think about this? Do you think that will be reality? I don't know. I, I would say no for the Bronco in terms of being an electric vehicle because the Bronco is, they're, they're advertising it as like an outdoorsman, you know, hit the trails, go camping, you know, get out. You're in the middle of nowhere. You're not going to see a charging station anywhere, you know, and, and yeah. that would be a terrible thing to explain to your friends. Oh yeah. I had to get towed home because I took my electric Bronco out to the desert and it ran out of charge. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that there's going to be a gas station in the middle of nowhere, but the, the, the odds of hitting a gas station are much higher, especially it's also depending on a lot easier, what area you're it's living It's also in. a lot easier to bring fuel along, at least in the current it reality. Um, you know, there's not high voltage battery packs that can do quick charging the way that, you know, gasoline can go into a SUV <laughs> in the same way. Yeah, in like a couple minutes. Right. And then you're fine for hours, with, hundreds of miles. With that being said, I, 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 I do agree with you in the short term. Um, I don't agree with you in the long term. And what I mean by that is I think with the eventual, uh, as early as I want to say 2022 with the eventual electrification of the F one fifty, And I think we'll have to go based on the more of the range we see with that. I think we will get an electrified Bronco. I don't know that it will directly line up or sell very well. Definitely not at first. Um, but I think it's a move for the electrification of the entire Ford lineup. Um, if not a fully electric version, a hybrid with electric assist, meaning we get the, you get that right. down low torque of electric yeah. motors. And I know that adds a lot of complexity, but I feel like that could be a game changer in a lot of different vehicles where you get that electric torque down low makes up for and it gives you better MPGs all around, gives you better fuel economy all around right. and lets you go even further. There, there's, I think, greater, even greater potential in that. But if we get, you know, an F-150 um, with its big body, you know, with its weight, if we get an F-150 yeah. that, that has 400 uh, plus miles of range, I think that it would be a reality to see it on a Bronco. And if you go even down to that two door size and you get more range out of it, um, that could actually be impressive and could could really push people into considering electric that hadn't if that makes sense um i think 
if they are going to do an electric Bronco, I think the first one they're going to roll it out out on is going to be the Bronco Sport. Oh, yeah. 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 Because the Bronco Sport definitely seems more of like a city cruiser. You're not, I mean, yeah, there's going to be people that are going to offer a Bronco Sport for sure. But I think the majority of the market is people looking for things like, you know, escape owners. Yeah. People that bought the Ford Escape. Like, you know, not many people are off-roading escapes. So I think if it is going to be a thing where electric Broncos are going to come into play, I have a feeling that the Bronco Sport is going to be the one that they're going to kind of test it on and, and test the market and see if it is a thing. I mean, we obviously know Ford's into the whole electric thing right now, you know, with the terrible Mustang Mach-E, but they're definitely breaking into the electric game. So I, it, I mean, it's possible. I just... In terms of like trying to sell a you know full size four door off road Bronco and that's electric, I don't know. That seems like a weird mixture of of leaving society, like leaving yeah. the city to to go explore, but still being tied to the city. Yeah, I get that. I don't know. One hundred percent. I I think that I think to really sell people on electrification, I think Ford needs to have a successful electric f-150 um and their investment as well as their how they've worked with rivion uh specifically on on some of the technology i think i think they are all in on make i'm not i'm not saying that this i'm not saying ford is getting rid of any of their ice vehicles over the next 10 years i'm not saying that i'm just saying that i know ford sees the potential as well as sees the market for electric going forward so they are going to when they can make an electric or make a plug-in hybrid version of said things even if it doesn't sell well it not only probably gets them some type of carbon offset stuff because as a huge right auto manufacturer they need that kind of stuff so they can make gt500s um <laughs> and and, yeah. and other stuff that burns so much fuel <laughs> you know, that gets five miles a gallon. Not saying the 500 does, but you know, there's a lot of stuff they get, they have it's that doesn't close. get great gas mileage. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I would agree with you. I don't think that this is going to be something where tomorrow or even with the launch of this, they're going to be like, Hey, 2022, we're doing a electric right. or we're even doing a plug-in hybrid. But I just think that the F-150 has that real potential to change people's minds. Um, and one of the things Ford has even said with the electric F-150 is it will blow people away about how easy it is to power other things with it, uh, and plug in other, their whole thing too. This, I mean, some of this might be rumors. Some of this might be actual Ford PR stuff. Their whole thing too was like the F-150 would be able to charge other vehicles. I don't know if that is to paint a bigger picture or if that was to say like oh we're gonna offer an electric f-150 and you're just gonna have a little atv kind of like Cybertruck style like and you're gonna be able to plug that in or if it means like the f-150 is gonna have such a huge power you know battery bank on board that it's going to be able to you're gonna be able to plug in a bronco and charge the bronco even halfway or something that because that would be crazy um but i think that's a right, reality yeah. down the, I'm not talking near future but in the future yeah, I think it could be. So, in regards to other off-road vehicles, 
Trevor Zinda on Twitter asked us to discuss the new Ford Bronco and the growing competitive market for off-road vehicles. Uh, he said that might have been a, a bit repetitive, though, um, in terms of because the Bronco is a new off-road uh, competitor, right? Um, with that being said, though, you know, mainline off-road vehicles. I really only think this is, in my opinion, based on the price points that we have and everything, that it is the Wrangler and the Bronco. You know, yeah. their offshoots like Chevy has the Colorado with some off-roading packages and and a couple other companies do that. You know, there is a Ford Ranger that has off-road packages, but I really think, you know, if, unless you're getting into a different price point, unless you're getting into Range Rover price points for the quote unquote common man, you know, in a vehicle that's around 30 something, uh, starting, you know, 35 starting, you're not going to get, as much bang for your buck as you are in the Bronco or a Wrangler. You're, right. you're just not. So I, I do believe that it is growing and I think that it will grow more because of, uh, I think it'll grow more because of exactly what I was talking about earlier. The mall crawl, uh, people, people that want the look yeah. of rugged mm-hmm. stuff, but are just going to drive it around on pavement all the time. And there's nothing wrong with that. You buy, and if you are able to afford and you want to buy stuff and drive it around wherever you want, that's, Go for it. That's why we live in America, right? Yeah, I did a quick search just to kind of see modern off-road vehicles, and just there's a there's an article that has five vehicles listed for modern off-road: Jeep Wrangler, of course, uh, Land Rover, mm-hmm. Range Rover, the Ram fifteen hundred Rebel, yeah, Toyota Four Runner, and the Nissan Armada. Yeah. They categorize these. Jeep Wrangler was best overall. Uh, Range Rover was best luxury right. off-road. Makes sense. Ram 1500, best off-road pickup truck. Toyota 4Runner, most reliable off-road vehicle. Hmm. Nissan Armada, best family off-road vehicle. Now, this is, of course, before the announcement of the Bronco. Right. So the Bronco definitely enters a lot of these aspects. Like the Bronco Sport, I think, is going to be considered, you know, like... The quote the best family off road vehicle just because I think you know more families are going to buy that. Um, and then in terms of like reliability, you know, it's hard to tell right now uh, how the the Broncos are going to match up against something like you know the Toyota Four Runner. Not really very familiar with the Four Runners. Don't know if they're super reliable I, cars, I think but just because of their name, I think Toyota. I, I think they are. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a yeah. Toyota thing. Like, I mean, I know Toyota's last forever you know camry's three hundred thousand miles driving around right um so yeah i mean it's it's there's not a huge modern off-road market right now which i think is why ford decided to bring back the bronco i mean ford's definitely been making a lot of really interesting choices the past couple years you know they've stopped production on a lot of car models practically almost all of them they're making what two, three car models now, and they're switching all over to trucks, SUVs, and all that stuff. So, I don't know. I think in the future, if if these manufacturers are kind of peeking over the fence at what other manufacturers do, I think the kind of modern off road market is definitely going to get kind of a boost in the next couple of years, just because you know if everyone's making trucks and SUVs, well, what do trucks and SUVs do? They, you know, a lot of people like to take them off road, so it just. I, I don't know. It'll be, uh, there, there's not a huge market 
for that, but I think it's it's good to kind of introduce more and more into it and to see like, you know, now that Ford's doing a Bronco and they're kind of entering the off-road market, are any of these other manufacturers going to do the same? Oh, yeah. You know, is Chevy going to step up and and make something new or reinvent something that they already have? Well, do you want to talk about the product? I don't want to go back to to brands and bringing back brands, but Chevy brought back the Trailblazer, and that mm. is not a Blazer. I mean, it, it's an <laughs> SUV for the roads, like 100%, you know? Right. So yeah. they could yeah. they could re envision that too, and and bring bring a bl- a proper blazer, quote unquote, back. Um, but I think you know it's one of those things where man, if Ford only gets twenty five percent of the people that are in Wranglers currently, or 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 even gets twenty five percent of the potential buyers of Wranglers, they'll be in a good spot. Yeah. You know, definitely first year. I mean, I would never recommend people buy the first model year of anything. Um. Because yes, there tends to be a lot figured out in that first model year. Hundred uh, percent, you know. And Ford's a big manufacturer. You know, they will mm-hmm. inevitably have ones that have problems. Like it just yeah happens. I I lived it. Yeah, I lived I lived the 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 Focus RS head gasket situation. Yeah. You know, it's the first year twenty sixteen. They had a lot of issues with that, and I waited. I, I wanted an RS really bad and I waited till 2017 when the, 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 you know, the, they found that out and they started recalling and they started, you know, making the improvements from the factory to, to put that better gasket in there. And, and then I got one. So it's, yeah, it's the same thing. It's just the new model they they can do as much testing as they can try to do, but it's going to take a, a lot of people giving feedback and doing a lot of things that these manufacturers probably wouldn't do to their own cars for them to start figuring out, Oh, okay, we have issues here. We need to address this. We need to adjust this. And that's just the case. Right. That's just what happens with a, with a new model year. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I, I wouldn't go out and rush out and buy one now. I would definitely wait and see. And, and I'm curious to see what the, what, when we get head to head reviews too, of course, like I cannot wait oh, yes. to see the literal on trail reviews. Uh, like a motor trend comparing it to Wranglers and it to other stuff out there. So I think that's going to yes. be, you know, where people, a lot of people even make their decisions in terms of what to buy. Yeah, I agree. And to move on to the next question that we got from Twitter from Kelton Foreman, he said, Oh man, I wanted to like the Bronco so, so bad. It's such a classic car. But I'm so disappointed because it looks like a 2020 Wrangler wannabe. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it looks like a Wrangler wannabe? Okay, so I think headlight-wise, it looks like a Wrangler. But there's only so many ways you can do... They both had circle, circular headlights for most of their lives. Like if yes. we go back to the old, old Bronco that it's harkening mostly back to, this obviously isn't going back to the 90s Bronco. Um, as much it definitely has you know some similarities of course but i i think it is what it is you know there's only so many ways you can make what we were saying earlier a square suv with tires that are at the corners that have yeah. slim bumpers and have overall I, and i get it um but i also there's there's yeah, i think it still looks like a ford a, a, i still think it looks like a bronco yeah 
yeah, there's a lot of similarities. I, I can see why. That, and that's the good thing, like you said, with, with the head-to-heads. Like, I'm, I'm really excited because there, there are similarities to it. Like, I think the fender flares definitely make it seem Wrangler-ish I, and the circle headlights, too. But also, the Wranglers had that slotted front grille forever. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing that shows, you know, a Wrangler, a Jeep. You see that slotted grill with those circle headlights. You're like, oh, what's well, a Jeep Wrangler? But I, in my opinion, I think the front end of the Bronco and just the styling of it, the front and the rear and just the way they made those changes to kind of be it, its own thing. Yeah, there's some things that I you could definitely say look resemblant of each other, but you can only go so far when you're kind of recalling these older models. Yeah. Cause if you go back a long time, you know, like the, the Bronco was a big squared off vehicle and the Wrangler is a big squared off vehicle. They always have been. So you can't really go too out of the box with it still being called, you know, a Bronco. Right. I think too, with the, with the checkbox plus thing, I was saying that Ford seems to be doing, the fender flares stock on this thing and the tires look so aggressive, even stock. Yeah. I think that's a win for them, to be honest. I know that that means we're going to see a lot more that look, look aggressive from factory, but I think that's a good thing. And then they also seem to be doing exactly the Jeep thing of, of Easter eggs. So that whole headlight assembly with the circle and then the little line that comes out of it kind of thing that almost looks like a power button. That's already yeah. shown on the interior that that's what the start button looks like. They're already putting uh, little Broncos on all of the different screws. They're putting Broncos on different stuff. I think that is cool. I know that people will go, well, that's a Jeep thing. And I'll go, yeah, but every manufacturer has done something like that over the years. And and Broncos just going to do exactly what people love. People love that stuff about Jeeps and all the little Easter eggs they hide and, and the importance of certain things. So Ford's just going to do the same kind of thing. They're going to tap into that. And again, I think that's a, I, I don't know why so many people are hung. I get it. If you feel like it looks and and looks are subjective a hundred percent, you know, I can sit here and say the Maki looks great and you can sit there and say the Maki looks terrible, right? They are looks, right? They're literally opinion based usually, right? But I think this is as good as, I mean, this is as close to a concept looking like as much as the concept back in the day looked for a, for a Bronco and I'm, and in a good way. Yes. Like there's not yeah, a I lot agree. of cars that other than maybe what the cyber truck that's going to come out looking like a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. Like nothing that's else. The cyber out truck's there a great example it. though too of yeah. mm-hmm. what a wildly divisive and that's a, again a good and a bad thing people are going to see this and there's no doubt people are going to be like definitely if you don't know any better they're going to be like, be like people are like that's a jeep look at that jeep check out that jeep go by but right. there's going to be people that know better right like people that know the difference between bmw z's and miatas like yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's i think it's a good first design and i uh i i know what people are saying in terms of similarities of course but um I think it looks good, and I think it was just kind of inevitable. They are both similar vehicles with yeah. rugged bodies, and they're in the same market. Yeah. So I, I can see why there's a lot of similarities. And 
you know, I it's just I think it comes down to personal preference, wh- whichever one you, you know, prefer or not. And I think you know it's it, there's a big thing with with new cars and um, kind of the instant like, oh, that's that's different. I don't know if I like that. I did the same thing with the uh, the Explorer. You know, the Explorer came out, then they reinvented it. Then they did the newer version. I went, oh, I don't like the older version. What's wrong with right. that? Then after a couple of years, I'm like, you know what? I like it. It's not bad. It's, and I, they did it again. They reinvented the Explorer again. And I went, whoa, that looks, that's, that's a change. I don't know if I like that. Then you kind of look at it a little longer and you see it on the road a couple of times. And you're like, you know what? I think I do. So the design, I don't know. I think it, it might grow on you. It, it, it might come down to personal preference and it might just be a thing where, you know, maybe Jeep people just always think the Bronco is just a knockoff Jeep, but I mean, you, there's a lot of other comparisons we can definitely make between cars that look like other cars. Well, and the des- and sure. people kind of remember it's the same with interior design and exterior design. The design has to last longer than the initial ooh period. Like it has right. to d- last in, for most cases, an entire five years. I mean, if you're Nissan, it has yep. to last ten years without a redesign. But Right. You know, most car manufacturers are going to make that design for five years and it's got to look decent and, and enough people have to like it to be interested and buy it in that five year period. And then it gets a refresh, sometimes a major overhaul. But like, you've got to understand that it's not just this. It's not designed in a bubble, even though it might look like that to the outsiders. You know, people are brought in to look at this in groups and the company as a whole people look at and they bring in outsiders too. they actually do. And they. Yeah sign NDAs. I mean, a good example was the motor trend video about it was like, I don't know how I haven't talked about this for three years. Like there was a, there was press that knew about exactly how this thing or about how this thing looked and what it was going to be engine wise and performance wise. Right. That have signed NDAs probably more than three years too, for some people. So it's not like this was just like, like anything, even the ugly, what people would consider the ugliest vehicles. They are not just designed in a day and then pushed out there you know even the ugliest vehicles aztec are (laughs) they're designed and they then they came to be that way for for some reason even if you don't like them uh or even if you think they look exactly like other stuff um so connor asked us he said my question is are zach and bugs going to get one or what their favorite part about it is um i mean like I said, I'm not going to get one up front. And then even then I, I will, you know, we'll see what happens to their value. Even just in the first five years, I think it will be yeah. like a Wrangler for me where I would consider, even though I know people are going to beat on them, I would consider getting one used down the road and then doing and making it exactly what I want. Meaning that who cares even how I got customized by that first person. Right. I'll then make it when I, what I want it to be. And, uh, you know, the value could be right like Wranglers where they do hold their value extremely well. But uh, first model years are always tough to tell too with that. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm, I don't have a reservation in or anything. I'm just going to kind of hold back. I want to see head to heads. Yeah. I want to see reliability. You know, I want to see the aftermarket world. There's a lot of factors, you know, the, the prize points. Cause you know, Ford's going to, going to put a premium on these things. Yeah. The, the starting prices are great. Well, you the know, dealers for, for are MSRPs. Gonna, it, yeah, the dealers are going to yeah. really put premiums on these. So, you know, it's it's for me when I decide to purchase a new vehicle, it's it's definitely a, a big process, and a lot of things come into play. The aftermarket world, and also like 
how the dealerships are treating these. Are they trying to get rid of them? Are they selling them at a premium? Do they realize that they're going to sell and you know they're marking them up because they know that people are going to buy them regardless? So there's just a lot. And then also the first model year, I like we said before, I would typically stay away from that just to get the bugs worked out you know get get the kinks that need to be ironed out sorted it's smart regardless this is not just a ford thing this is not just a american manufacturer thing this is an all-around thing this even applies yes. to most things out there this applies to yeah a lot of times technology Tech. or yeah anything yeah it it really there's a lot of things that are that are can only be there can only be so much stress testing done um in controlled environments and that's why i said we're going to see a lot more of these broncos out on trails and out on the road and they are going to be doing testing on them before they go into full production with that being said though there's only so much they can change this far and they're going to learn a lot when they're in the hands of hundreds of thousands of people getting driven and beaten on in ways that they never could have thought uh so yeah Yeah. 100 agree i i think that uh i think that's like i said applies to anything regardless of brand, regardless of make is that you wait, even if you don't, even if you can't wait for the whole like year into the next model year, you wait to hear those reviews. You wait to see even initial quality. Uh, and then, you know, maybe people that, because there are inevitably going to be people that put a crap ton of miles on these early on. You see what their, you know, forums are a great example of you get an unfiltered. Sometimes people can be biased there too, but you get an unfiltered, look at what people experience with these vehicles for the first couple thousand miles. Uh, and that'll paint, I think a bigger picture than just even the initial review sometimes and what people give them. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Uh, moving on to another Twitter post from Patrick. He says, hi guys, just wanted to bring up the conversation on where automotive technology is going, especially with EV vehicles, making a strong statement in the market and how it's going to change how regular people can upgrade, personalize, and change their car and change their car, or are we going to be able to customize our cars anymore because of where it's going? I've been building rock crawlers and off-road trucks for a very long time, and it would seem you need an engineering degree to even wrench on the new stuff. So, yeah, that is that is a good point because I know... Uh, kind of a good example of that is a lot of people have had that problem with Tesla, which is where Tesla doesn't allow their, the, the people that purchase their vehicles to repair their vehicles. Yeah, you can't get, get parts, parts for Tesla's. Yeah. yeah. So I know that's a big concern and, um, you know, I can understand both sides of the fence. Tesla wants that, you know, a, a, a trained technician to work on something because you're practically buying, you're practically driving a computer on wheels. Um, and I, I get where they're coming from, but also at the same time, the fact that, you know, Tesla's infrastructure isn't set up to have like dealerships everywhere. A lot of them don't even have dealerships in every state. Right. So, you know, so it, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, if, if things are EV, if they're electric, then, um, there's not really much you're going to be able to upgrade really uh in terms of like power wise i think customization in terms of looks uh and some things that cannot be changed like mechanical suspension you know brakes stuff like that the things that you can't really change too much from what they are now yeah i think there's definitely going to still be 
a customization market out there. But when it comes to EV vehicles, it's just going to be, I don't know. I think it's going to be harder to do performance things. Well, you're not going to be able to actually, it's just going to be how it is. So I think there's good and bad to this. I think the good, um, if you look at it like that, I think we're, there's going to be a lot of people that won't even have to worry about it. And what I mean by that is a good example is there are a lot of people out there with Tesla's that have done hundreds of thousands of miles on them that have gone, that have said, uh, I replaced brakes once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a lot less wear, wear components inherently. Um, there are, there's still stuff that breaks though. There's still cars. There's still cars that go out on yep. the road. Um, and then if you get into these more fringe cases, maybe early on, you get Broncos on, and other off-roaders, uh, that there will be potentially more issues with because you're using them in a different use case. But I think that it will bring, like anything, when there's this type of shift. Well, uh, was it Celine? There was somebody that modded a Tesla Model S back in the day, and it sounded wild. Now, like you said, that's not going to be your average Joe in his garage modifying a Model S uh, or tearing apart. Right. The motors and re-engineering them and putting different gearing on them and stuff. Like I think, like I said, I can't be a hundred percent sure. It was either Hennessy, which sounds really weird if it was a Hennessy, but it might have been a Hennessy or a Celine. It sounded like a, um, like it was from Star Wars when it was passing by. It just the the engine, wa- the the motor whine was unreal and it sounded cool. So that's where I'm potentially right. excited in some ways. Is these can sound cool. They don't have to be noiseless nothing um they can sound cool and i think the removal of maintenance for some people is actually going to be a good thing and then they can focus on making their vehicle exactly what they envision it being i know that in some ways it's going to restrict but if there's any i don't know there's always ways around that kind of stuff and there's always people that customize stuff even if it does get more restrictive well, even if you look at uh, Teslas, you know, Teslas are pretty cookie cutter. You know, you, you buy a P100D compared to, you know, any other lower end Tesla, like a Model S, they all look the same. Yeah. But with that has popped up a lot of these companies that will take Teslas and modify them and put body kits on them. And, they, they, you know, they put different designs and things here and there to customize them and make them unique. So I think if we end up in a world where, you know, most vehicles out there are EV and it's a thing where performance upgrading really has kind of gone to the wayside, that visual and, you know, making your vehicle yours is definitely not going to go anywhere. Even if we live in a fully electric world, I think, you know, having that unique customization to making your vehicle yours that's just a that's just what we're always going to do regardless if we end up driving around electric bubbles everywhere there there will probably be a company that <laughs> customize your bubble well, here you know it's just it's what we're going to end up and doing i think we'll get we'll get mods that go backwards i think we'll get people once it becomes this very mainstream thing i'm not it's not for me to say that uh you know i'm going to do this to any of my vehicles but i think we will hit that point potentially in my lifetime where you see more, you see almost one-to-one electric and ice vehicles on the road. And 
I think you're going to see people convert their ICE vehicles, and it might even be a service at some point. And I know I'm thinking very future, but it might even be a service at one point to convert. There is some pretty yeah. cool electric car shops that have taken some really old cars, including there's one that took like an old VW bus that made it electric. Was yeah. incre- this bus couldn't have gotten out of its own way back in the day. Yeah. Even now, <laughs> as a modern car, yeah, and now it has the equivalent. Now, not it's not one to one technically speaking, but it has the equivalent now of something like four hundred horsepower and four hundred fifty foot pounds of torque, and blows the tires off of itself every time it you know launches off the line. Yep. <laughs> you you don't understand. I think it is one of those things too, where you, you it's it's being in one is believing and understanding that there are downsides to it still. The infrastructure is still a major uh, problem in the United States specifically because we we have so much mass. We have so much to go from one side of the country. But it's possible. Gears and gasoline actually just I think the final episode went up today where they went Tesla versus race car and they are driving. a They drove a Model S uh, and a uh, funny enough. We're talking about Lancers. They drove a Lancer race car across the United States. And oh, it's wow. pretty great, and it does show you the drawback to both. I mean, they're both opposite ends of the spectrum. One is a old now, eight eight year old Tesla, but a electric, fully electric vehicle, and one is a race car that has no creature comfort. So they are very different in that. But it is a great example of you can do that. You have to be somewhat strategic once you get to certain states, but in both cars because the ones r- running on ethanol. It was funny to see kind of a. I would advise or I would say recommend uh, you watch it because I think it does uh, give you a good take on all the different sides of of electric versus gasoline. And uh, I think it's one of those things where more people's eyes will be opened up to it in the future. Like I said, I know I keep harkening back to the F-150 being electrified, but I think that's a great example of it will 100% undoubtedly convert people if that thing has a huge battery on it and can do crazy torque and can power other stuff and can you know i don't know it it has the potential right like the right like teslas have brought a mostly compared to prior examples and even some examples out there like that porsche make an affordable electric fully electric car and in some areas has very good infrastructure that you don't have to worry about being able to charge and people are even making, and that's what's really cool to see the change. People are making like malls in certain areas are coming back because these people need to sit with their electric car for an hour fast charging. And it's yeah. funny to me to see that, but like the, it will bring some stuff that we haven't seen in a very long time back in some ways. Uh, and, and I don't know. And the, and that's what Tesla's are doing. They're fast charging like 80, 85% of the battery in like 40 minutes now. So that's going to, that number will, as battery technology gets better, become smaller and smaller, smaller. And even the potential at one point, I know Elon wanted to do fast, you know, hot swappable batteries. If we got to the point of hot swappable or, you know, um, a completely like wireless lot, like if you parked on one of the levels in a parking structure, you know, and you were in a, a, and you could like slow charge all day or something um, or for a certain right. time. I think you're just going to see infrastructure change over time. I, I think you're going to have certain people that weren't sold um, that will eventually be sold. I mean, I will always 
regardless if we fully change over to electric in my lifetime or mostly, there will always be something about the noise and the feel, of course, of gas. Oh, 100%. But, uh, I just think we have to be realistic. Exactly what Patrick's saying here, too, that they're making a strong statement. And these are early. You got to remember, like, we're still in the early period of electrification. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is what we're getting. And, and we're getting it out of a, primarily, even though Teslas aren't perfect, an American company. Like, yeah. he's the first one to break through. And then you've got Ford doing a lot of electrification. So I think you can only get better from here. Uh, and we'll see. All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Thank you all for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on the platform of your choice. And you can find everywhere that is available to listen on cluelesscast.com. And you will also be able to find all our social medias on that website as well. And if you have any future topics or discussions or anything that you would like us to cover, make sure to hit us up on some sort of platform of social media of your choice let us know if there's anything that sounds interesting uh, that you would like us to talk about yeah very much so we're, we're feedback driven and we really appreciate what we got in the from the first episode um schedule wise i know some people were asking about that that's gonna probably still be you know everywhere from we're gonna try to do every week or we uh every two weeks kind of thing we'll kind of figure out what we've got going on as well as what is going on in the car and tech space because that might sometimes drive an episode to be come out earlier if that makes sense you know if we get something huge about the ps5 or xbox i know xbox had their event reveal to some mild fanfare Um, they had their games (laughs) games event and i think we'll probably be able to talk about that on the next one but like that's not a that's a good example of something that i don't know that we'd be able to talk about for a full episode like we did with bronco and some of this car stuff but yeah, we really appreciate everybody listening so far. Um, yeah. A lot of awesome support from you guys, and I'm glad people are e- even enjoying a small portion of it, even if it is not 100% on your wheelhouse. Ironically, called wheelhouse here because we're talking, we were talking about cars, <laughs> but like, you know, I get we won't cover every base with every episode, but I think that's what's going to be unique, and I hope we are interesting in some way to everybody. So, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.